0: wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm Minister to the Brighton Seventh Day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your Drive Time host every Tuesday and or Wednesday. It's really wonderful to be back with you after having a full month off. I cannot believe uh, that a full month has uh, passed us by already. Uh, Guys, look, I'd love to have you uh, join with me uh, this afternoon. And look, if you'd love to share a a positive thought, if you'd like to comment on one of the issues we're discussing, if you'd like to just simply say hello, if you'd like to say welcome home, (laughs) if you'd like to say continue you on your holiday, uh, uh, then you can do this by by texting us on oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. Uh, now, folks, this week we're following the theme: contentious issues for believers. Halloween. Uh, Of course, this week uh, is the week leading up uh, to Halloween. Uh, And today uh, we want to talk about that issue by looking at one uh, side issue entitled, Is the Supernatural Real? Uh, This is so important that we understand uh, the biblical reality of this subject when we're talking about Halloween. Today, our co-host is Eric Horan. Eric was, a, was actually a printer by trade. Uh, he's worked as a literature evangelist. He's been distributing Christian literature most of his life. Uh, currently, Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginals, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, Eric, welcome aboard. And what have you done for the last month while I've been away?
1: Well, thanks, Pastor Gary. It's lovely to see your smiling face uh, sitting before me today. Oh, it's good to be back again, believe me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the listeners will want to welcome you back as well, and you look refreshed and ready to go, which is good. Um, Yeah, over the last month, have been very, very busy. Um, With the school holidays, we've had a a little bit of our break with our group. A lot of them are mums and uh, have the children at home. Uh, So, yeah, that's been a a bit on the back burner. We've actually got Bible study, of course, started back up, and um, we've been having some craft groups for them. We're doing at the moment some Aboriginal design bags. One of our our, our ladies uh, actually uh, designs them and puts them together. So she's been teaching the traditional way of doing bags. And I'll tell you what, they do some wonderful work. I I love the dot paintings and I love the basket work, the weaving that they actually do. And uh, I've seen them uh, in action, tried it myself and not too good, but it's wonderful seeing the artwork that they can do. It's amazing
0: what they yeah, 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 it's wonderful that you're actually able to get together in community. Because the thing I'm, I'm so conscious of is that you know one of the things that you know so many people miss today is that uh, sense of community. And I'm really conscious that uh, certainly our indigenous people understand community uh, in a way that you know some of some of us uh, I think have you know have really less left slip. And I think
1: the cultural aspect of keeping that alive, uh, passing on the talents and the skills of things that could be lost is is really important. And sometimes we get the odd um, child come along uh, and they actually take part as well. So I reckon that's really good. And and they really love it. They love um, doing it. In fact, uh, the council, the Salisbury Council, they provide a room for us uh, every fortnight, which is really great of them. And and they organise events and there's an Aboriginal event coming up soon and they're actually we're planning to make some things and actually sell them there uh, at the stalls, so that'll be interesting
0: as well. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's mm. that's really fantastic. No, that that's marvelous. You know, I've just uh, the last month for me, I've uh, I've really appreciated being able to take some time off, and of course, I actually uh, went travel with my wife, we uh, did a little bit of one of those Australian car trips. Love love the Australian car trip, and uh, actually went over the east coast. I'm I'm a Sydney boy uh, from uh, from way back, but mm. most of my work's been. Uh, Sydney and North, and this time we thought, no, we want to go South and uh, just look at some of the things there in the Southern Highlands, down in uh, you know, Canberra, uh, down across uh, the Princess Highway. Uh, lovely, lovely areas. That is managed to get to, and I want to say a big shout out to our, our mates over in Canberra because uh, uh just went to, to Floriade there, and uh, that is a that is a really beautiful show. You know, just just tulips everywhere. You know, yeah. uh, I know that. Once upon a time, I had the privilege of going to the tulip fields in uh, in Amsterdam, in uh, in Europe, and uh, this is as as close uh, to what I saw over then uh, over there. Uh, this is a this was a really beautiful beautiful experience. So you did quite a few K's. Ah, yeah, almost 5,000 k's. Well, you know, and and I, you just stopped at little places as you... As yeah, you, yeah, oh yeah. My, we lovely. didn't actually have anything booked up yep. at all. We just stopped when we, we felt an urge to stop for sometimes a night, sometimes two or three nights. Lovely. And uh, it was just lovely to be able to spend time with my wife mm. uh, and uh, and just be able to, uh, to relax and uh, just really appreciate God's creation. And
1: you missed a lot of the water that... Was we around. got home just before the water, oh, so
0: we, it was chasing us the whole way home. Wow. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Lovely. But Eric, look, let's yeah. come to some. Uh, uh, what's our World Watch segment? Uh, I uh, uh, I picked up a, an article I was reading today. I like to to keep up with uh, with my reading, and I was just having a look at the uh, uh, the Australian today. The Australian, I really appreciate some of the articles that uh, this newspaper puts out. Uh, there was one uh, today that really jumped out at me, and I just interested in. In your feedback on it. Uh, it uh, it was talking about uh, what well, was entitled. Most mothers don't want to work longer and harder. Thank you very much. And uh, I sort of thought, wow, wow. I mean, I'm interested in 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 reading this one. Let me just read you just a uh, just a few lines out of this this article. Uh, it takes only three sentences in the recently released Treasury paper entitled "Children and the Gender Earnings Gap." Uh, to use the term, for them to use the term, motherhood penalty. That's right. Treasury thinks that being a mother is a penalty. I hate to let them in on a secret, says the author. Okay, it's actually not much of a secret, but most mothers do not regard having and caring for children as a penalty. Children provide happiness and joy, meaning and purpose. There are challenges, but ask any mother or father whether they regret having their children, and I know what the answer will be. The trade-offs that must be made to combine motherhood and workforce participation are not unexpected. Many parents, yes, it's generally a joint decision. I recognize sometimes it uh, you know this is difficult, whereas a single person's involved the, They opt for arrangement that serve the best interest of their children while meeting family income needs and career aspirations. Unsurprisingly, most parents conclude that the Soviet model of full-time institutional care from an early age is not one that suits their children or them. Education Minister Jason Clare recently bemoaned the fact that mothers with a child under the age of six only works part-time – It didn't occur to him that those mothers prefer the flexibility of part-time work in combination with caring for their children. The bottom line, the article concludes, is that is that uh, may well what may be good in politics to go after female voters and to use taxpayers' funds for that end, but it's not. But it is always wise to work on the basis of what women and couples prefer and the many factors at play. In particular, encouraging ladies to work longer and harder because it's good for the um, economy is unlikely to hold much appeal in any case Women's participation is at a historic high, having risen strongly during the past several years. Telling women that motherhood is a penalty will go down like a lead balloon. Treasury officials may be wise to grow a brain as well as a heart. (laughs) You know, when I read that particular article, I sort of thought, hey, that is really saying something about uh, the family. The family in the contemporary world now eric i 'm just just wondering, just tell us when um you and and your wife had family. What was your experience well
1: when we started off uh, um, you know uh, as a married couple we, we were both working full time and then uh, when the the children came along, um, my wife um, We, we both decided together that she would help, uh, help the children while they were young. And so she got a part-time job basically and just did two or three nights a week. Um, and. We sort of alternated when she went to work. I then looked after the children, so uh-huh. they had care. And then later on, she was able to give up her job. I was a literature evangelist, selling um, books door-to-door and health books and things and Bibles. And uh, the Lord blessed us through that, that we could actually survive on that right through, which was a real blessing. Uh, this article you just read must have been written by a man, I reckon, because um, – being uh, a mother is uh, the most important job. It's actually on earth, written
0: by a lady, is it? It is.
1: Wow. Well, that surprises me because it's the most important uh, work that a, a woman can do on this earth is to look after her family uh, for yeah. both husband and wife. And you know, I regret, regret even today that in my early uh, married life, when we had very young children, that I didn't step up on on occasions. I was too busy out working and and uh, you know, are trying to earn more and more for the family, which was needed. But I understand, too, that there's quality time and I miss some of that time when I should have been there for them when they were young and I regret that to this day. Mm. So I think it's uh, a balancing act because I feel sorry for the families today when they've got to balance the financial pressure uh, with the mortgages and things to balance the financial uh, with the child care. Uh, But one of the things I enjoy now is that with my daughter-in-law, one of them who's just got a part-time job working two days a week, they found that when they put the youngster, the, the um, youngest grandchild, into childcare, they tend to pick up all sorts of diseases there and bring mm-hmm. them home. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what we are doing is we're actually stepping in and, and looking after the child instead of putting into ch- child childcare, so that they're actually with the grandparents and we can bond with them as well. Yeah, uh, and I really enjoy that and uh, that, that takes a bit of weight off the family as
0: well. In other words, the extended family type concept is what you're talking about. Yes, Beth.
1: and I think a lot of grandparents are doing that these days. Indeed, I indeed. I, I know
0: that we're up. certainly doing that uh, yeah. with, with our uh, uh, grandchildren. I know that uh, uh, certainly one of the things I really appreciate was uh, the the fact, and, and, and myself and, and my wife, we talked about this as a couple mm. and, and I know that uh, uh, when our children, we had three our three children uh, to be able to take a joint decision and say, Hey, look, you know uh, we really uh, I will work, and you know this did have financial implications on us as a couple. you know this was something that to me i 'm conscious that sometimes we you know we are become such an individualistic type of society that we say, Hey, you know this one person is being affected well, no, it actually affects the entire family we won't certainly to me, the scriptural principle is that we're to function together as families Wherever possible. Now, I I know that there are some situations in a, in Australia that people face where that's not always possible. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just so conscious that I, I know in in our case, you know, I felt that we had the uh, had the privilege of being able to to have myself myself working. And uh, yes, my wife did carry some uh, part time uh, paid work during those uh, uh, those years, and it did. You know, we did have our struggles financially at that time. Uh but you know the thing I'm so conscious of is that the Lord abundantly blessed mm. uh both our children uh and uh us as a as a family. And it's amazing how how quickly you do actually catch up financially uh once you move to a different phase of life.
1: Well, what we had to do was, and I don't think it's done much these days, is we actually had a budget. We actually had little glasses that we, uh, little glass jars we used yeah. to put our money in and we actually yeah. budgeted it that way. And we didn't, uh, buy new. We often bought second hand and, uh, and we, we had that there. I understand today the financial pressures on families and I'm not knocking any mother that has to work, you know, to get through these time, but those early years of childhood are so important. And, uh, you know, um, even today, I, I believe that um, the spiritualness that's come through for the family is because yeah. they've had that bonding at home, and yes. and that if they do something that hurts the family, uh, you know, it's something they steer away from. And even today, they will come and and ring mum up or ring me up or about advice or come and and sit yeah. on the end of the bed with mum. And I think that's all due to that bonding through life,
0: and that's so important yeah. in the early years. Yep particularly of a child's life, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it doesn't stop. It, if that bonding's there, it will stay right through. And they're still family. They're still our family, you know. Indeed. And uh, we we, <laughs> we treat them as adults, but they they still have that bond. And, and that is so important. I, as I said, I regret that I didn't spend more time yeah. uh, with them. And, and you miss those years. You can't get it back.
0: Indeed, indeed, indeed. Indeed. Do you think it's, it's harder for children today, for, for young people today who are bringing up children?
1: I do. Definitely. I think there's uh, more materialistic pressures on them to have what's around today. You know, the instant uh, have it today, and uh, in my day, you, you know, you waited, you put things on lay by or whatever. Uh, but today it's different, and there's a lot of pressures on families to have what's around. But I also think, too, that with the, the uh, mortgages and the interest rates and things and, and what they're paying for houses, I mean, have first house cost is ten thousand six hundred now my mage was my wage was really low it was about twenty seven dollars a week or something yeah, yeah, yeah. but it sort of but the interest rate back then interest enough was 21 yeah, percent
2: yeah yeah
1: um, but when you look at the amounts that are borrowed and where they are it does make it very difficult but I think it's a thing between the husband and wife to sit down as you've said talk it over come to a decision put that into place budget and and um, put your children First,
0: you know, I think yeah, that's yeah, important. Yeah. I, I, I know that in our own case, I mean, we, you know, we, we didn't actually uh, buy our, our very first house until I was in my forties, you know, as a result of this, you know, and yet the Lord is abundantly blessed, yep. um, both, you know, us as a couple and, uh, and our children. And I'm, I'm so, so thankful for the way that God does bless the family when you actually follow the principles that uh, he's actually outlined uh, in uh, in his word uh, look uh, guys let's come to some uh, some music uh, love uh, uh, a couple of the the songs that we've we've actually uh, got here uh, and then we're going to come back to our subject for today which of course does deal with this big issue of uh, Halloween Halloween's actually coming up uh, this uh, this this coming weekend and we want to uh, give uh, some some guidance in uh, in that particular area. Please enjoy uh, Colin Buchanan, uh, "The Measure uh, of a Man," uh, beautiful uh, beautiful song. In the autumn sun warmed
3: the sand of the. River.
0: It was Colin Buchanan the measure of a man? And that comes from the uh, album *Book uh, to Beaconsfield*. And uh, really appreciate the uh, the thoughts uh, that uh, are involved in that uh, that song. Now, folks, we do have a giveaway book for you today. Now, the giveaway book is a real beauty. Uh, it really answers the uh, the questions of so many people. It's called *Draining the Sticks*. Um, which uh, is a little, a little bit uh, out there, uh, but its subtitled "Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell," uh, this is an enlightening, a comforting book on the topic of death and hell. Life is hard, says the back cover. When you die, that's the truth. Uh, no matter how cleverly we disguise death with silk-lined caskets and magnificent. And magnificent bouquets were powerless to stop the inevitable. You will die. It is well and fine for your mourners to share heartfelt stories and mournful songs, but they will be going home and you will be in the casket. Is that too blunt? In Greek mythology, the river Styx separated the land of the living from Hades, the abode of the dead. When death came for you, the ferryman carried you across the river to the other side. Are stories and myths of ancient civilizations enough for you when it comes to death? Or do you want to really know what will happen when you're left alone in the graveyard? The Bible says, by the sweat of your face, you're going to eat bread. Till you return to the ground, for out of it you are taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Life is hard, but when you die, it's not just a bumper sticker. It's the reality. Is there hope? Do you want to know more? Now, this book is a real beauty. It's written by uh, Sean Boonstra, and uh, it's talking about the the whole subject of death, and in particular, uh, hell. Uh, what does the Bible teach on this particular subject? Now, look, you may be going through, uh, some, some grief in the recent past. If you want to have some answers, this book will give it to you. Sean Booster is one of the best speakers and writers that I know of. You'll love it. It's only a short book. It doesn't take many pages. Look, if you would like, uh, your own copy of, uh, of this book, Draining the Sticks, uh, then, uh, please, um, just text us at our drive time text number, which is 04888 808 Eight oh eight eleven, and today our code is SA seventy eight. Now all you've got to do is just put in for your text SA seventy eight, no gap between the SA and the seventy eight, and uh, our robot will pick it up. He'll contact you. He'll make. Uh, he'll ask a few questions uh, so that uh, we can get to this to you in the fastest way possible. SA seventy eight, and uh, just text us at oh four triple eight eight oh eight. 11. And, uh, we'll get you this book, Draining the Sticks by Sean Boonstra. Uh, Now, you are listening uh, to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Eric Hoare. And Eric pastors the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're following the theme, contentious issues that believers face. And this week we're looking particularly at Halloween. And uh, we're, we're asking today... Is the supernatural real? So many people uh, think that it's something out there, maybe a fairy story. But is the supernatural real? Uh, this is what do the Bible? What does the Bible actually teach? It was actually a, a survey that was released of a thousand Protestant pastors in the in the USA. Uh, the article uh, concluded that most pastors do have. Particular views on how Halloween should be observed. And of course, today we're talking about our subject in the context of Halloween. Now, in the uh, Christian Headlines uh, news site, uh, this is, uh, the article was entitled, Most Pastors Have Specific Views on How Congregants Should Observe Halloween, and it's the result of a survey. Now, uh, please, this These results, I thought, were particularly significant. A new survey found that 90% of pastors have strong views on how their congregations should observe Halloween. Now, this isn't pastors from my particular denomination, but rather this is Protestant pastors across the board. The survey from LifeWay Research analysed responses from a 1,000 Protestant Christian pastors across the United States. Few pastors, it noted, simply ignore the fact that so many Americans participate in Halloween celebrations. Lifeway a uh, Research Executive Director Sean McConnell um, said this in a written statement. According to the survey, about 13% of pastors said they discourage their church members from participating in Halloween activities in any way. So they just said, we're not going to do anything at all. We want nothing to do with Halloween. Other pastors, however, encourage congregations to invite others to an alternative, a non-Halloween church event. That was 71% of Protestant pastors uh, are saying, look, we don't want you involved in this but let's come to the church and we'll have uh, an alternative event. Uh, only 8% reported that they do not encourage or discourage. In other words, they're not, t- not taking an opinion on uh, on this particular event. Only 8%. Now, this is almost 90% of Protestant pastors that were interviewed are reacting in some negative way to Halloween. Now, uh, to me, as I read that particular article, uh, I, it really picked up to me some disquiet, some real disquiet that's in the Christian community generally about this particular event. It's, sometimes it's been linked to, to the history of the event, cultural teachings, uh, s- others are really concerned about the supernatural links. Now, of course, that does bring up this subject of, uh, the supernatural. And the, the question that we do have to ask and we want to look at today is this issue, is this question, is the supernatural real? Uh, now, um, Eric, you know, I, I'm so conscious that, uh, you know, the, um, um, uh, Halloween has so much to do with this issue of the supernatural. Now, a lot of people see this as just a little game that happens there in the background. You know, it's a game that children play. But does the Bible have anything to say about the supernatural? And of course, we'll consider this in the context of the upcoming Halloween. So uh, what, help us out.
1: Well, supernatural, is it real? Well, I uh, definitely is. Uh, and when we look at the supernatural with the spirits and the, um, the things in, in life that, uh, uh you can't explain away, uh, it's, there's two types. There's actually a supernatural that's bad. And there's a supernatural that's good. So we, we have a spirit that's good and we've also got spirits that are bad.
0: That's, that, that's if you come from a scriptural perspective, isn't it? True. Uh,
1: you know, we, we understand as Christians that, uh, when the, the devil was cast down to earth, he brought down his uh, third of the angels, uh, and, and, uh, we consider them to be the evil angels that came down. Um, but to the, to the general world, that to the world that does not believe in the Christian way, they do not see that uh, battle going on. Yeah. Uh, they see um, that what's happening is a normal seasonal event, that something that will come around that's actually been uh, accepted from America. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that instead of Thanksgiving, to think we actually have adopted the Halloween process. And uh, to me, it's quite disturbing. I, I was in uh, um, one of the shops, uh, Cheapest Chips, the other day, and there were all these um, – ghoulish uh, witches up there uh, just inside the door. And when you open the door, all their robes were blown and there was these uh, uh, skeletons and blood and gore everywhere. And uh, I said to the lady at the desk, I said, well, you've got a great job sitting here. She was uh, serving people as they went out. And she said, uh, I said, you've got a great uh, a scene behind you. And she said, yeah. She said, there's one of them that seems to be watching me every move I make. But it's interesting that, that these ghoulish things are accepted in society today, that they actually um, – promote it to the children. So they'll go around and collect lollies, trick or treat is what they would call it, uh, for uh, um, just a small gain. Uh, and it it's it's it is disturbing because it seems to be getting more and more worse. It seems to be becoming more and more popular. For instance, they expect that uh, this year one in every four Australians will participate in some sort of Halloween celebration, or take their children out to the doors, or just run a party and get dressed up or decorate, uh, decorate their houses. Uh, and on average, they'll reach four hundred and thirty million dollars spent on this particular Halloween event this year it's up 27 percent from last year so it's actually growing in popularity
0: that's huge isn't it Uh, isn't that eric i mean to me you sort of look at that and you say hey i mean if if christmas and easter were growing at that rate you'd be saying hey look you know i mean something's going on here uh here halloween is growing 26 percent on last year Mm. massive that's right
1: and when you look at it you know um the the devil will perform great miracles and the devil will be able to deceive the whole world through his miracles and supernatural powers. Uh, Jesus actually warned his church about this. He said false Christs and false prophets would appear, show great signs and wonder, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And Deuteronomy eighteen fourteen says, For these nations which you're about to dispossess, listen to list they listen to fortune tellers and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do this so it's telling us to stay away from such things to recognise them for what they are and um, back in Paul's day for instance too
0: Can we just before we actually move on I'm really interested that particular passage that you um, uh, that you shared in uh, from Deuteronomy because I, um, to me uh, this is something that um, uh, I think many people really overlook and I just want to just really emphasize this because the people, you know, God's people had come into the land of Canaan and uh, the question was there, why is it that God is dispossessing these nations that were there. And uh, he starts to give the reasons why uh, he uh, uh, why He was dispossessing them. Now, this isn't, of course, Old Testament law or anything else, but this is something that he was terming to be an abomination. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of these nations. They shall be found amongst you, any nun uh, who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. Now, of course, this was the practice of human sacrifice he's referring to here. Mm. Or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer. This is all supernatural-based stuff. Mm. Or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritist you know this list just goes goes on and you know Eric I'm just so conscious that uh, uh, today uh, we're actually seeing a real uh, I, I believe a, a real revival of interest in the in the occult and here what we've got in the I mean this is Deuteronomy 18 God's warning his people hey stay well away from this stuff yeah
1: and it, it seems to be drawing more and more of those uh, to um, to it like we see movies Today that actually depict a lot of uh, a lot of witches and and uh, there's a movie apparently that's just coming out a real horror movie that's making audiences spew because you know be sick yeah, while they're yeah, watching it because yeah. it is so evil and it seems to draw people in they seem to want to be frightened and and seem to get a kick out of all this evilness without really understanding what is actually behind it and that's the key that is that the real worry uh, the quote you gave was from Deuteronomy eighteen nine to twelve uh, where it talks about even those who inquire of the dead he said stay away from these this these things for these things are an abomination to him and what does it mean to be an abomination to christ
0: That's a that's the most the strongest possible language, isn't it? You know, I mean, if something is an abomination to God and to Christ, and it's been revealed to us in the Word of God, then surely that's actually saying something to us as uh, as Christian believers, as Bible believing Christians. Mm,
1: That's right. You know, um, a lot of the early uh, disciples struggled against um, the practices of the day. There was a lot of witchcraft. There was a lot of magic uh, things that. This is what they follow, traditions of the land. Uh, and it's interesting that in Acts nineteen thirteen um, 13 to 19, uh, where Paul writes then, some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists Took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Scevia, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them. So they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the Residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon all. And the name of the Lord Jesus Christ was extolled. Also, many of those who were now believers came, confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced um, magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to fifty. Thousand pieces of silver. And a silver coin back in those days was about a day's wages. Yeah, yeah, So we're talking about here about a great pile of magic books that these people were into witchcraft, witchcraft and spells. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, these guys are into, if you like, the dark arts. Mm. They become uh, Christian people. They've accepted Christ. Uh, as a result of accepting Christ, they actually create a bonfire with 50,000 days' wages worth of books. Yeah. They throw them onto the fire... And they burn them because they want to have nothing to do with this type of stuff. You know, when I read this sort of stuff, I turn around and say, hey, is this sending a message to us today or is this sending a message to us today?
1: That's right. And here we see the battle between the two supernatural powers. We see the the powers uh talked about here by the devil about this evil spirit, but when it comes up against Jesus, when it comes against the power of Christ, it flees and the people start to tremble and they come to Christ because they see that Christ is the victor.
2: Yeah. That
1: there is something better. Uh it's interesting too that uh this actually carried on in uh in uh Acts nine thirteen where it says, um, but there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time He amazed them with his magic. So here is somebody called Simon, not not one of the disciples. This is another man called Simon. And it says here that for a long time he must have been practicing witchcraft and tricking people into following him because they actually thought that this man had the power of God because he was doing all these wonderful things. But it said even from the least of them, to the greatest of them. So they were all following him and he thought he was fantastic. He thought he was the top of the list and they followed him for a long time. But then it says, but when they believe Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip. And seeing signs and greatest miracles performed, he was amazed. So it's saying here now that he came to Christ. A lot of the people who were converted were baptized, and they now found the power of God in their lives. But it also says here with Simon that he was, was actually seeing greater miracles. Yeah. It says here that he was amazed, whereas yeah. the people before were amazed at what he was doing. They've now turned to Christ and they see greater miracles happening. And even Philip, uh, sorry, Simon was so amazed by what was happening that, you know, he converted, he threw away all his practices. And he became born again.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Isn't that you know, and when you look at that, when what we're talking about here is the scriptures are very clear that there is a uh, that, that there is evil in this world. There is a supernatural evil power, and yep. there is also a, a supernatural power that comes via the Holy Spirit. And the two are at war with each other. And you know, when I realise that, I turn around and say, "Hey, how important it is that I stay." away uh, from that uh, which is presented to us as evil, uh, wrong and demonic. And uh, that's certainly what the scriptures are saying. That's right, and it's subtle how how clever the devil is, in
1: bringing these practices yeah. into a, into a, a family, even that parents would allow their children to go to go out there with uh, all the schoolish. Gear well, the on, peer
0: right? pressure is yeah. huge. Peer yes. pressure is huge, and we've this is just a just a game. You know, it's so easy to say this is just a game. Uh, meanwhile, the Word of God is saying, no, oh, no, 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 this is not a game. No. This is not a game uh, don 't move forward with this uh, there's a uh, There is a problem uh, with uh, uh, with this whole celebration
1: and unfortunately, a lot of folks don 't understand the power behind this yeah, because indeed. all you 're doing is glorifying Satan when yeah. you see those skulls and whatever you glorify Satan. I remember one time. Uh, when uh, I was studying with a friend of mine uh, he and I would go out he was a literature evangelist uh, uh, a person who went door to door selling books and things and he, we went out to, to do a study with somebody and uh, we're on the way there and when we were travelling along the car started to shake violently and we, we almost lost the control of it and we pulled over and there was no um, there was nothing wrong with the car we thought there was a flat tyre there was absolutely nothing wrong with the car and we had prayer about it and we started off again. We were young in our Christian life. We realized that the devil was trying to stop us taking the word of God to somebody. Mm-hmm. And this is what this is doing here. This is actually taking over people's minds. Yeah. So that they will follow this and think it's it's something that's, um, that's harmless, uh, something that's pleasurable to do, when it's not. It's actually leading them the wrong way, that when they follow those things, they will end up. Maybe even talking to a seance or doing something down the track, because it started from this, and yeah. it and it puts it in the mind of young children. What do young children think when they see yeah, these goalish yeah. things? It becomes acceptable, doesn't yeah, it? Indeed,
0: indeed, that's yeah. exactly right. Look, Eric. Look, let's uh, just come to let's come to some music. I uh, I love Steve uh, Steve Grace and uh, and this particular song, "The Joy of the Lord uh, is my strength." You know, that's exactly what uh, Scripture calls us to have: joy in the Lord, uh, not in any other power. Please enjoy Steve Grace The joy of the Lord He is my strength
4: The joy of the Lord is my strength The joy of knowing Jesus His mercies are new
0: The uh, joy of the Lord, love that uh, particular song. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, patience, goodness, faithfulness. It's so, so, so wonderful. The gifts that come uh, through the Holy Spirit, a supernatural power, how much they contrast uh, with the, uh, with the supernatural uh, from, uh, from the other, from the other side. Now, folks, we do have a, a book that really explains a lot of the these things uh, to you Draining the Sticks is uh, is the title of the book, Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell, what really happens uh, at the time of death, does hell really exist, now this book is written by Sean Boonstra, now Sean Boonstra is one of the very best speakers and authors that I'm aware of, uh, it's only a short book, you'll love this particular book now look, if you'd like uh, your own copy of Draining the Sticks uh, then please Please uh, just uh, text us here at our drive time text number. That number's zero four triple eight eight zero eight eleven zero four triple eight eight zero eight eleven. And uh, all you need to do is to quote the uh, the code, and the code is S A seven eight S A. Seven, eight. Uh, that's all you need to do and that will connect you to our robot and uh, he'll uh, flick back a, a few questions uh, to you uh, so that uh, we can get some information off you so that we can send this book to you in the fastest possible uh, way. Uh 888 and the code is SA78 and that's a really beaut. That's a fantastic uh, book. Uh, now, welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, Now, this week we are following that theme, contentious issues for believers, and this week we're particularly talking about this issue of Halloween, and today we're asking that question, is the supernatural? Is it real, Eric? Really appreciate what it is that you've shared uh, so far. Now, look, uh, I'm conscious that we've only got just a few minutes uh, left to go before uh, uh, before six o'clock. Uh, can you just uh, uh, j- just bring it all together with it? You know, is there anything else maybe that comes from the New Testament that uh, shares with us on on this particular issue?
1: Well Ephesians 6.12 says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So there is a battle between good and evil in the spiritual world. And I think this is clearly brought out in the dividing line of which way we should choose in Matthew chapter 8 28 to 34 where it says there that when Jesus arrived at the other side in the region Of the guardians, two demon possessed men came from the tombs to meet him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? So they knew what was going to happen to them down the track. Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town, and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Now what more or less is going on here is Jesus comes into this Gentile world. He conquers evil. He sets prisoners free. He came here to bring us freedom. He he presents himself as a great deliverer, able to restore life and hope. But in this instant here, he also takes away something valuable to the folks here. He takes away a herd of pigs, their livelihood, the wealth from some in the community. He forces now a choice, prosperity over love, money over Jesus, human resources over divine power. Mm. That is the power and grace of Jesus to give life and hope or the love of possessions and wealth to be had from these pigs. And to the utter amazement of all, in verse 34, it says, Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded him, they begged him to leave the region. They chose Mm. possession, they chose wealth. They would Mm. rather have evilness living amongst them yeah. Than to actually accept Jesus Christ And that's the choice for all of us today This is the choice and we see the world is now dividing And making those choices Whether we accept Christ And we give up a lot to follow him yeah. Or do we want to live as burden to sin Yeah. And what's happening with Halloween Is people are actually tying themselves By following a, a practice that promotes And glorifies evilness
0: and some of the movies, as you rightly pointed out just a moment ago, uh, I'd certainly uh, read some of the uh, write ups on that particular movie that you did did actually mention It's actually uh, quite quite horrific the impact that it's actually having on on individuals. Why is it that we would want to glorify darkness, uh, wickedness, ghoulishness, mm. why do we want to glorify it, uh, you know uh, I, and I recognize that you know parents today with with peer pressure you know have got a huge challenge yes. um, in in this particular uh, in this particular area, and but you know to me uh, I know i've certainly certainly said I certainly said to my own children when they were growing up you know there are some things that you have absolutely nothing to do with, and uh, uh, you know I said you will make your mistakes in life
1: uh, but yeah. And a lot of the spiritualist starts in the home. There's it, it got to be a guidance yeah, there.
0: It uh, does. Acceptance it there. does. And it
1: one of the greatest things, I too, Pastor Gary, is that the supernatural, this battle we're talking about, being born again is one of the greatest. And know uh, this is the this is the positive. Ways. This is the good side, isn't it? Yes, being born again is is a, a change of life, uh, being set free, uh, being taken out of uh, uh, the devil, being taken out of these people and put into the pigs. And into the pigs. It says in First 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one. Behold, I tell you a mystery: we shall not all sleep, but will be changed. There's many wonderful things that are gonna happen. And for Nicodemus, he found Christ, even though he thought he was doing okay. He found Christ. He was born again. Again, he had different habits and thoughts. He 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 found freedom in Jesus Christ, our Lord, and that's what he's come to do. Uh, we often quote, um, you know, John three sixteen that, he's, that Jesus came and He's prepared a place for us. But the next verse, verse seventeen, said that He came to set us free, mm. free from the burden of sin, free yeah. from the gaulishness of the world. He gives us love, hope, and prosperity,
0: and and that's exactly what you know. Paul says when he's talking to the Galatians because mm. there he. Lists the, the, what's called the fruit of the Spirit. And the Spirit, of course, is the supernatural force of, of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Do you know, these are the things that I want to elevate. I want people yeah. to accept these uh, in things into their life. I want them to have the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want them to have the power of darkness in their life. You know, to me, this is what I believe we need to elevate. You know, if we're going Amen. to meet and celebrate anything, let's meet in our churches and yeah. celebrate the fruit of the Spirit uh, rather than the fruit of darkness. Um, uh, Eric, look, we do need to, to finish Uh, Would you like to just pray, uh, particularly for uh, people who might be struggling with this particular issue right now? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for
1: your wonderful word tonight. We thank you for Jesus and all the blessings he gives us day by day. Thank you for our family, our children, our friends. And as we walk through this life, Lord, may we stay close to you. May we recognize the evilness that is around us and stay away from such things and help uh, the listeners out there, Lord, and all of us to follow you more closely. And we pray, Lord, that we will instruct our children in the goodness of life, uh, in the love that we should have as a family, and help us, Lord, to understand what is behind these symbols, to have a good look at it while we can, to see what is behind these uh, traditions that are in the world today and to read the Bible more to understand the battle that is going on. So bless each one today, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you so much, Eric. Really appreciate that. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I'll be chatting with uh, Pastor David Butcher on the subject of the believer's example. How important is it? All in the context of the Halloween issue. Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of
2: Adventist World Radio.